Archimax login confirmed. Welcome to the Lodge. You've accessed the LodgeCast experience. Warning, warning. Dangerous spoilers ahead. Enjoy. Episode 87, The Hunt. Hello and welcome to a very, very locked down edition of the LodgeCast. I'm your LodgeMaster. With me virtually is Brother Bishke. Hi. Brother Lucas, uh, he's not in the back tonight. He's (laughs) right up front and center. What's up, Lucas? You maniacs! You quarantined all us to hell! We also have Brother Justin. I can't compete with that, so I'm just going to say hello. (laughs) Hello, Justin. And locked down with me under quarantine is my lawfully wedded wife, the Lodge Mistress. Wouldn't want to be with anybody else. Oh, my God, guys. Well, the world's different now. What it's happened? a different place. We always talked about how good we had it with the A-list and how we <laughs> were living every day to the fullest. And now here we are really missing it. As got- Bishki said, we should be watching A Quiet Place 2 yeah. in the Dolby Cinema I right know. now. But that's I, impossible. I, do have a, I do have a little timeline of events. We, we, we last saw The Way Back, Tuesday, March 10th we at did. the Burbank Six. Little did we know that was going to be our very last AMC theatrical outing for a very long time. Possibly forever. Like, are we ready to contend with that? No. <sighs> not really. No. I was, uh, I was telling, I was telling Bishki in a booth at uh, Steak and Shake at the Burbank AMC 16 how I felt that we were currently, you, me, and the Lodge Master, we're riding the final wave, the final theatrical wave before it, it, it broke <laughs> oh, and crashed into the boulder that is the future of 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 uh, cinema, which is like virtual reality and augmented reality and 4DX and and, and, and screen X. And quarantine. Uh, but I never thought about quarantine. And so the fact that here we are, it's like, <laughs> oh, my God, everything I was talking about in the vaguest, most abstract sense is like completely tangible and real in the sense of like hitting a brick so wall fucking at real. like 100 miles an hour. We almost got this in under the wire. We had plans to see we this had tickets. Film. We had tickets we to see Sunday it. before everything S- shut down. Sunday, March and, 15th. And we had Brother Zach on the show, slated to be on the show. And he was supposed to be on the show tonight, but these are strange quarantine times. He told me, I have a date with a new jigsaw puzzle. I have a date with a new jigsaw wow. puzzle. So that's what we're dealing with. Wow. That's what we're dealing with in these oh. new times. That is interesting. interesting. That is very, very interesting because, yeah, I haven't left it's my apartment in over two weeks. I I quarantined <laughs> on um, Thursday the 12th. And the reason why I remember it was Thursday the 12th 
Because the very next day, the day was Friday the 13th, and you can never forget Friday yeah. the 13th, especially in 2020. And it was Bird Box reality. March 17th, all AMC theaters were closed worldwide. And oh. um, we'll see when they open again. But but we're, we, we are going to see a movie tonight remotely with... Yeah, uh, we're not together. We're not together, and we're going to keep it muted because we're not together, right? Uh, yeah, we're, we're to- not. We're not going to be chatting. We're not going to be virtually watching this together. No, no okay. but we are on Zoom for the chats. Yes. Yeah. So way of the future. We're going to watch this. We're going to keep it muted. We're going to be professional, and we're doing what we can with the sound quality. We're kind of having to improvise at this point, but. You know, depending on if the quarantine lasts <laughs> and lasts and I mean, lasts, look, I mean, I think we should the, tell our listeners. The quality will get better. We should, tell, we should tell our listeners that there was a genuine discussion on whether or not the three of us would break quarantine to record a proper episode with, like, the proper sound equipment. And, you know, it's just we, we don't want to. We ran it through the pages. Yeah, we don't, we don't want to be the loose uh, thread that gets clipped. You know, I, I would hate to yeah. lose one of us to uh, uh, any kind of um, tragedy, whether it's airborne or, you know, otherwise. And Lucas, all of your imagined scenarios had you dying, which I thought was very charming. Yes, yes. I, I feel since I'm the loudest, I would be the one to go first because then you would always feel my silence, <laughs> like that absence, you know? Yes. And we, we especially don't want to lose our lives over the movie The Hunt, which is what we're watching. <laughs> the Hunt. Thank you, Bishki, for taking mm-hmm. us back to The Hunt. Yeah. So this movie was notoriously pulled from theaters, shadow banned, yeah. because... Somebody on Fox News said that it's a movie about hunting deplorables. And I think it was right after a shooting, right? It was something well, in the mix. I think it was, yeah, I think it was, it was it the was, El Paso. It was one of the Texas shootings. Yes, or maybe, that's what it may, was. Or, may, or was. maybe it was, yeah, another shooting because there's so many. I think it was El Paso. But, yeah, it, the irony is they postponed it because of a shooting. And then, of course, there was a pandemic. So you can't win. You're damned if you do. Damned <laughs> if you don't. It's a cursed movie. <laughs> yeah. It is a cursed movie. It is. Absolutely. But from what I understand is it's a Satire? I think so. Yeah, it's liberal elites led by Hillary Swank. <laughs> swank. Yeah. Is this our first Swank? This is our first Swank, swank. Lodge yeah. cast. Yes. Are you excited about Swank Lodge, Mistress? No. <laughs> Justin, what are you looking to get out of the hunt? Well, I'm a big fan of equal opportunity offenders like mm-hmm. South Park, where they just skewer everybody, and that's their kind of comfort blanket where they get away with everything because they make fun of everyone and really that's the way to go it was a little weird when this got pulled because it didn't seem like anyone actually knew what it was about they just exactly one person watched the trailer and said what they thought it was about and told their friend and by the time the sixth person in the telephone game got to it they were decided that it was worth protesting yeah. Which is weird because right. people who tend to protest movies don't bother to see them, but they usually at least get the premise right. So right. We're, we're at a point where you don't even have to know the premise of a movie. You hear the word deplorable and you're like, well, we got to ban this. It's like, no, no. Trump <laughs> did actually tweet about it. And we're now living in a world where a movie can get pulled based on feelings about a trailer <laughs> And 
Sonic the Hedgehog can get completely redesigned based on distaste of Twitter. Like, the tail's wagging the dog here. Yeah. This, these are dangerous times. Well, I don't know what world we're living in now. Uh, yeah. No, it, it is. Not even to mention the actual <laughs> threat. No, but so, see, it's funny because it's like a tale as old as time. You know, man is the most dangerous game. You know, we've got surviving the game. True. What was the other uh, 90? Hard Target. Hard Target. Thank you very much. Hard Target. And what's interesting is Jeffrey Katzenberg has a new company called Quibi, which is short for Quick Bite Video, which is launching April 6th. Which I think Lucas is a secret shill for because he brings it up all the time. I yeah. know, I know, I know. But my point is, is, <laughs> is there's one of, their, one of their 50 new series that's dropping next month. Is a Christoph Jesus. Waltz, Chris uh, Hemsworth, like man hunting man type thriller, I think called Dangerous Game, maybe. But, of course, but the dynamic yeah. of that, like the hunt, it, it like it doesn't get any simpler and easier than that. You know, it's it's kind of like a no brainer. Well, we could keep pontificating and we could keep hypothesizing, but we got to just face it head on. We got to finally see what this hunt is all about. We got to see if man still is the most dangerous game or if that's changed. Maybe woman is the most dangerous game now. Grab your weapon of choice. Yeah. A.K.A. drink. <laughs> I think social media is the most dangerous game now. Without yes. a doubt. Yeah. Yes. Without a doubt. Let's keep those doors locked and keep those shutters closed and settle in for our first quarantined lodge cast. Love and light, fam, where, wherever you are. <laughs> Love and light and Purell. Cleanliness is next to godliness and lodgeliness. Place. Coming right up. You want some matches with that? Yeah. What state is this? Sorry. You don't understand the question? Oh, no, I didn't. Just most people know where they are. <laughs> Why ain't most people? You're in the glorious state of Arkansas. Anything else? No, no, Cigarettes in Arkansas only cost six bucks. You fucked up, bitch! 
Oh my god, we've all returned from the hunt intact. I see everybody's smiling faces in this Zoom chat session. How are you guys feeling? Uh, oh man, I'm feeling yeah. I'm feeling a little queasy, a little quarantine. I think I should have done a puzzle instead. With brother Zach. Yeah, I'm kind of glad he did the puzzle. He might have made the right choice, but we'll talk about it. From Rotten Tomatoes, 12 strangers wake up in a clearing. They don't know where they are or how they got there. They don't know they've been chosen for a specific, very specific purpose, the hunt. <laughs> in the shadow of a dark internet conspiracy theory, a group of globalist elites gather for the very first time at a remote manor house to hunt humans for sport. But the elite's master plan is about to be derailed because one of the hunted, Crystal, Betty Gilpin, glow knows the hunter's game better than they do. She turns the tables on the killers, picking them off one by one as she makes her way towards the mysterious woman, two-time Oscar winner Hilary Swank, at the center of it all. Period. Why the fuck are they giving so much away in that schnapps? I don't know. It's weird. They yeah, could, they could yeah. have just done the first sentence. Yeah. So we finally saw the hunt, y'all. We finally it saw happened. it. It really <laughs> happened. We had to wait. We had to wait for it, but yeah. So, first off, the shadow of Hillary Swank looms large over all the proceedings. And they very clearly deprive us of her face for the first hour and three minutes. I couldn't figure out why that was. It was when almost there was like... was finally a dramatic reveal. I was like, we... Why? Were they, were they saving money, like, with a body double? I couldn't figure it out. I felt, personally, they cast it wrong uh -oh. in the sense that not that... Hillary Swank was cast wrong, but that Hillary Swank should have been cast as the prey, okay. as the running victim, as the Hillary Clinton surrogate. <laughs> and the fact they tried to like invert it completely like did not work at well, all. We'll, no. we'll, we'll get to that. But just on the perversity of withholding Swank's face, I feel like it's. it felt like Jack Nicholson in The Departed. I don't know if you guys remember that, but they really play up like, we're not going to show you his face yet. We're not going to show you his face. Here you go. Here's Jack. And Hillary Swank doesn't quite have that weight. I think they overestimated. It's not like it's Meryl Streep. I think that what happened yeah. was they shot it and they shot it. I think that she was supposed to be revealed at the very end when she like turned around from the kitchen because we saw her from behind there right. too. I feel like they added that flashback added sequence more swank. with a not very dramatic reveal of her face. It was like <laughs> they held back, they held back and then she like sort of it went from the side and it was weird. It's it, It's interesting. It's very interesting. But basically, this movie starts off like the Hunger Games. Like, I don't know if, if you guys have seen those uh, particular films. Nope. But Bishki, come on. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> but these folks are all banded together and dropped into a clearing. From 12 different districts. Or was it 13? Oh, yeah. I don't remember. But there's a crate full of weapons, and they all have to take a weapon. It's all directly out of that whole playbook. and. They start ki killing people off fast and furious. Well, we had like a similar to Alicia Silverstone in The Lodge when she blows her brains out in the first five minutes. Emma Stone, <laughs> who I've never, I'm sorry, not Emma Stone. Uh, Emma, Emma Roberts. Roberts. Emma Roberts, Julia Roberts' niece, who I've never seen in a film or show before. I was like, oh, cool. I get to see her act. <laughs> Here you go. And then 
boom, she gets blown away. I was like, uh. I was most impressed with how it kept changing points of view and how you would think like, oh, it's Emma Roberts story. And then she gets her brains, her brains blown out with some CGI blood. And then you think this guy, super CGI. You think this guy is gonna be the hero, but then like he steps on a landmine and he explodes. So like he's no longer the hero. And then it and he <laughs> almost looks at the camera like like Fuck. oh well I guess I'm not the hero. <laughs> yeah, but to me the the fundamental problem with the premise is that the libtards were hunting the magas when to me it should have been reversed it should have been the magas yeah like uh, like should have been the magas should have been hunting the libtards so it should have been like you know emma roberts as ivanka trump hunting hillary swank as hillary clinton and they botched it like so when you botch it at that conceptual level you're dead in the water but they're trying to put a twist on yeah. it they're trying to put a spin on it they can't just have it be what it would actually be. They're trying to make this be a heightened reality. Yeah, they're trying to say both sides are bad, I think. That's whatever, what I think. Whatever. But the, <laughs> po the point is, MAGA people hunt animals like deer, bear, boar, whatever. And it's a logical <laughs> conclusion that they would eventually hunt humans. Liptard yeah, would never no kill somebody on a private plane being like, we have to kill him now. Like, we're jumping. The it's like, as soon as they kill that guy on the plane, I was like, this is not, Bernie Sanders is not murder people on his bus justin does this check out well it's really a textbook example of telling a story in a way that kind of pleases no one exactly because it's trying to turn that trope that you're saying on its head but you end up making so many characters that are unlikable that by proxy you don't <laughs> like the story right. you, and you know what's crazy is is by the way it took me until 15 or 20 minutes in when one of the maga people was trying to run away from the sniper and they fell into a death fall or a deadfall and they fell on like some spikes a spike and, she, and she's yeah, Spike did, and pit. she's like, it's yeah. it's my birthday. It's supposed to be my birthday, and the guy's, like, pulling her off of it. That was the moment when I personally realized, oh, this is supposed to be a dark comedy, like a black comedy. Yes. I'm supposed to be laughing because prior to that, I thought sort it was of, straight. Yeah. I, th I thought it was, like, a straight thriller, like Surviving the Game or Hard Target. But then when she fell in the deadfall, I was like, oh, it's a comedy, but it's not funny because the director <laughs> just doesn't care. Like, he's not invested in the material. Like, it's just kind of like a job yeah. where it's like, okay, let's just make fun of him. We weren't together. Was anybody laughing at the dark comedy? No, no, I wasn't. no. I I was I was not no. I was not I, I, intellectually, intellectually I could recognize it and I can be like oh I get what you're going for but on an emotional gut level I was like you are missing the fucking mark because you're phoning it in <laughs> well I I'm afraid of making something like this where people are watching it and going oh this is humorous but they're not actually laughing like that's a right. big fear of mine <laughs> yeah and the thing about this too is the tone you go from very serious, realistic to almost like Warner Brothers cartoon like mm -hmm. stuff like like with that pit. She falls in the pit. A dude helps her out. Then they step on a landmine and her torso, her disembodied torso flies yeah, back into yeah, the pit. Yeah, yeah. So that's like Bugs Bunny shit. 
But then yeah. you'll have yeah, yeah. you'll have some more serious stuff where you don't really know where it's coming from tone wise, so you can't really settle in. And mm-hmm. some shit's way over the top, and some shit's not that over the top. It's like you got to lean all the way in if you're doing something this crazy. Well, I yeah, think that's I that's think. a that's a problem you run into with overly political humor too, where I think a lot of laughs you get out of political humor is forced because someone's like, oh, right. I identify with this point of view and you're humorously belittling someone else. So I'm going to laugh at your joke. But it's right. It's some of the most disingenuous laughter to me. It's just it's all char- like extreme characters. So yes. if you, it, there's no mm-hmm. subtlety to any. There's of the, no subtlety. And it's like these yeah. these characters will literally say, you know, climate change is real or these are crisis actors. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was that was my favorite part of the movie by far. I was so delighted <laughs> by that small subplot. The crisis actors. Yeah. But I would tune that those scenes out, what you're mentioning. Like I, I, I was honestly thinking like if I was in a theater, I would definitely be getting up to go to the bathroom or taking a, a breather or a break because or fucking once they ditching had those, wholeheartedly. Yeah, once w- w- yeah, when the movie <laughs> would stop dead in its tracks where the Ann Cutler, you know, surrogate or whoever is having a scene, Coulter with like another with another person, I was like, Are you fucking kidding me right now? Like you're actually gonna try and touch upon certain subjects or issues or topics in the most like bullshit like superficial way where it the does quarantine not... has not cooled the hothead one iota <laughs> that is that is very inspiring i mean yeah. I, it reminded me of probably y'all too right of your next i mean because it was like and that's like what your next did they were but i did think it did it successfully where it seemed really serious at the beginning and then the and then the girl became like you realized that she was like a you know she like knew what she was survivalist, doing. and then it got real mm. funny. She was so competent that it was kind of unfair because she was killing people like a Terminator <laughs> robot. <laughs> yeah, and then they sort of changed the point of view where you saw like the killers, kind of like that scene where they were in the bunker in, in this. this film. Yeah, yeah, and, and they were all really like making jokes and everything, and it actually was funny. I thought. But, but this didn't work here. I mean, it was a movie that wasn't confident in its own premise. Yeah. I mean, that's the only reason why you'd hmm. add the extra layer of flashbacks. And the part of the plot that I didn't think was necessary at all was that this whole thing started out as a joke. Like yes. they were joking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they were joking about hunting deplorables, quote unquote, the text that's the first leaked. scene you see it in yeah. text message form so mm. that leaks people get it in their heads that this is a conspiracy that these liberal like elites are, yeah but then they make it true as a form of revenge it's oh man so it's just, so nonsensical it's so convoluted like just mess. just have confidence in your premise and just do it have it be a thing that these liberal elites do. Right. And and go from there. Don't make it so that you have to jump through all these hoops for no reason. Yeah. You don't have to double back on yourself like that. It's unnecessary. It, and it kind of started in act two with killing all the people off like that. Like you want to, at least in my opinion, if you want to go a little more conventional and not make it such a mess, like build some relationships, give the deplorables a head start, establish a few 
right. know, characters, because you don't know who the main character is. I mean, it's kind of bold, but you don't know who the main character is till like 40 minutes into the movie. And <laughs> and there's and the, and you don't see a villain, the villains, the till the, the very end, yeah. To the, well, the elites don't come in until 50 minutes into the movie after the right, the oh, bunker. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. And it's like I don't know. It's it's a strange. Yeah. And then the 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 part in the opening where they're on the plane. I w- why would you have Weird. that? Just start it with someone waking up in the woods. Like, yeah, what the yeah, hell are you doing? It's like predators. It's like Robert Rodriguez predators. Yeah, like start it with them opening up the crates. They have the thing, and the thing they have these like dog uh, muzzle like bones in their mouth, like bits, like horse bits that they can't like get out of their mouths until one of the characters finds a key. And that was when I knew it was kind of a lost cause where they have these like <laughs> things. They, they have these, yeah. Well, no, they have these gags in their mouth, which is very visual, striking, intriguing, dramatic. This is great, but it's only great if there's a scene where they need to actually verbally communicate, but you can't understand what they're saying because their mouths are like blocked. But instead it's just like this, it's like this throwaway joke where they just wake up with it. And then it's weird until she finds a key and then unlocks it. And they're like, oh, I agree. They should, they should have made more and of a meal like, out of that. Yeah. And it's like, you're wasting shit. Like you don't even know what you're doing. You're just trying to throw shit against the wall for the sake of what sticks. And like, well, and with, with the, with the spike pit shortly after that, I really thought there was going to be a lot of like cool booby traps and like, mm-hmm. like, like any sort of contraptions. Yeah. Sort of like they kind of set you up for something that you don't really get because she kind of escapes and is on the road and it's not this contained hunt scenario. It's kind of just all of Croatia, which they're yeah. trying to masquerade as Arkansas. They should keep it within like on the, on the expansive grounds of this manor. Like, have there be, like, a fake gas station and whatever you need, but, like, keep it contained so that you can, like, have your bearings. Yeah, I was still with it when we were at the fake gas station. That was, sure. I was still Mm -hmm. intrigued by the the story unfolding, but once they got out immediately, you're just out. What do we think about Betty Gilpin? I think her performance was great. I enjoyed every minute of it. I thought the accent was kind of bad, but I, it didn't bother me. Like it, it, the accent felt very caricature, but I thought she was really doing it. I, I was on board. It. Yeah, yeah, I, I thought she I was, she was committed. I like. I think Swank was committed. I just felt bad that like sh- this was Betty Gilpin's like big starring breakthrough role, and it got double fucked at the theater. Yeah, like, yeah that's too it's bad. It's just like. Like what? What must she be going? She must just think like, well, this is just chalk it up to bad juju. She could put it on a reel. She could. Yeah. She could put it on. A reel. It makes you wonder. Like, I don't know what kind of movie could survive this kind of double back. Like, right? Because by the time it was like what happened with the interview, like the interview yeah. was a middle of the road R-rated comedy that was fine. That just happened to be about North Korea. Yeah, by the time anyone actually saw it, it was so built up that people watched it and were like, oh, this movie sucks. I've been hearing <laughs> yeah. about this for eight months. This sucks. And it's like, if it would have came out when it was supposed to come out, it would have came and went. Everyone would have said, ah, this is a C plus, whatever. It got too built up. Anytime yeah, yeah. there's hype or infamy or notoriety, 
your shit's going to buckle under the pressure, probably. A few positives. Um, yeah, love and one, light, Bishki. One of the liberal elites uh, mentions that Ava DuVernay liked yes. their, their Instagram post. So Ava DuVernay. That was my favorite part. Creator of the Salad Dragon. Yeah. Um, yes. <laughs> Also, want the <laughs> consultant to the liberal elites worked on Tears of the Sun. I thought that was a great detail. Uh, that was, the, that was the hilarious. Br- the Bruce Willis film. Um, that's about it, though, for positive. Uh, I love that Ava DuVernay was was referenced. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that made me feel warm inside. Oddly, it felt like a sequel to me. Like mm, someone made the version that everyone expected and this was yes. the sequel yeah. we need to turn it on its head like the purge 2 or something yeah yeah i mean i'm happy people are trying stuff like this i mean i i applaud the effort for sure i'm surprised and happy that it got funded well, well yeah. no to me everything everything about it works except the technical direction which it should have been shot like a comedy in a master wide shot like on a stage, like vaudevillian. But the problem is Craig Zobel <laughs> shoots it like a drama. No, he shoots it like a drama. And when you shoot medium and close-ups, it like makes it look like a thriller or an action movie. But you're trying to make it funny, and you can't do both. And to me, comedy is only in the wide shot when you see everybody in the same frame. <laughs> That's a tall order, Lucas, but... I it's true. No, it. but it's true. It's true. I'm 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 not joking. Like the wide shot is comedy, the close up is is drama. I can get behind that. I I've seen <laughs> I've seen two of this guy's other movies and I think the takeaway is he's just a cynical dude who thinks humanity is What garbage. are his other movies again? He did that movie called Compliance. Compliance, yes. That's a dark one. Yeah, that I one's, saw the documentary that, that was based on. Yeah, it's based on a true story, which is sad. And then he did this other movie, Z for Zechariah, which is... Which I've never seen, which nobody's ever seen. It, well, I did. <laughs> Except for <but> Justice. <laughs> <laughs> How was that? It wasn't bad, but it's just got one of these like downer, cynical endings where it's like, yep backed into a corner everyone's a piece of shit here you go roll credits did you see that in a theater or on vod i rented it on itunes because i distinctly remember writing it off on my taxes i was like what the fuck is z for zechariah <laughs> all right 6.99 right off right off <laughs> research what does everybody think about the final showdown between swank and snowball well i have a thought on this which is it really bugged me Uh so annoyed me this one thing which was that they were the the martial art not the martial arts the marine guy was like now you better watch out for her because she's been training for eight months (laughs) and you're like well our Coulter character has been in the military for presumably yeah. years and come had hand-to-hand combat with all these people for like years Eight and years months and years. Ain't gonna cut He's it. like fighting all these other dudes like nobody's business. And then Swank is gonna be her equal after eight months of training and hitting a fucking boxing bag. I'm sorry, I don't think so. Like Yeah, uh-uh. they they Amen. made sure Amen. that we saw that heavy bag in the background. <laughs> In her office and at her Croatian estate. She also begins making a grilled cheese at the beginning of like a 15 minute fight. And it's perfectly done by the end. She she eats it very hungrily. No, but I I thought that climax fight scene between the two of them reminded me of Kill Bill Volume 1 between Emma Thurman and Vivica A. Fox. 
Yeah. Yeah. That was, it was really fun to watch. Kind oh, of like a, a slight budget version of that, though. Like they, they're big fans of Kill Bill. They didn't really innovate too much. It just was kind of like a very brutal domestic household showdown, you know? And that was another situation where it was like, the tone of the fight was crazy mm-hmm. because they're doing like wire work and she hits her and she goes flying like supernaturally across the room. It's like, what universe is this? I like, yeah. I like that universe, but like yeah. amp everything up to that mm-hmm. level then, mm-hmm. you know, show us mm-hmm. what the hunt itself would be if people were flying around and, you know, a lot of humor in that fight, which I enjoyed. I mean, rarely do I, watch a fight except watching the badlands i like those fights and really enjoy them and i did enjoy that fight she almost smashes swank's head into yet another pane of glass and swank's like no no more glass no more glass so they <laughs> yeah, kind of move around flat. the that glass was like a, that was like a moment that fell flat for me but i appreciated the idea <laughs> of, course, of course it fell flat there were chuckles in this household <laughs> yeah yeah we were chuckling Vishki, what did you think of that showdown? There was some, there was like a, when she grabbed onto, I don't know what it was, some rope on the ceiling and she landed on a table. And I was like, that was well uh, choreographed stunt. Um, it was peppermint-esque. So, so there was some good stunts in there. <laughs> and then we get a synopsis of George Orwell's Animal Farm as they talk to each other about <laughs> Of course we do. <laughs> too many animal metaphors. That yeah, you know, too many, many, too many speeches. Too much exposition at the end. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm very curious to see where these uh, banned and canceled and resurrected bones are gonna go. <laughs> Let's go to them hunted bones. Justin, where are you going with this haunt? Well, this is a tough one. It is. I was really hoping for some some biting satire and some <laughs> some good comedy, and I think we almost got there. Like I said in the intro, I think it was trying to be an equal opportunity offender, and after the credits started rolling, I couldn't help but think like they should have just picked a side and, and went with it. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. The bold thing to do would just be pick the red states as the heroes because that's in short supply in Hollywood. I definitely feel for the folks who, even though their outrage was unfounded because they didn't know what the fuck the movie was about, I definitely feel for people who who feel like their kind of way of life is not being portrayed accurately by Hollywood. So I, I, I definitely appreciate the, uh, the liberal elite skewering, but it just, it, it, it rode that line where I was nodding and acknowledging humor, but not actually yeah. laughing. I acknowledge um, this as humorous. Yes, this is very humorous. <laughs> um, I did really love the guy talking about crisis actors and not believing that yeah. the refugees were real. <laughs> and then one of the guys actually was, that was delightful to me i thought that was a great touch (laughs) um but yeah overall i think i think it's just a little too cynical a little too over the top and it just it wasn't quite as much fun as i wanted it to be that said i applaud the effort quite a bit i thought betty gilpin was great i thought some of the action was really fun 
so I'm going to go two and a half bones. Two and one half bones for the hunt. Mm, brother Lucas. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm glad that this was our first LodgeCast quarantine screening because <laughs> it allowed me to view the movie in the comfort of my own home. Yep. Um, projected. Did you stay awake? I stayed awake. My home living room theater, because I was pacing like a caged animal on my feet, (laughs) walking back and forth. uh, There's no there's no other theater patrons to be worried or call the cops on you. There's no guy coming in and giving you expired Walmart meat. Come on, Lucas. You can finish the movie. Here's your meat. Here's your Walmart meat. (laughs) <laughs> no, I I definitely the one of the first things I said early on to my friend that was watching it with me was I was just like this feels like a Netflix movie. It it just the lighting or the production value there was something about it where I was like if this was in a theater would I be more seduced or accepting of the aesthetic because right now in in my home it looks pretty cheap and and low is this the new student feature this is a netflix original (laughs) yeah 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 you can give this the the student feature certification student features certified it definitely from the very opening i was like this just is very it's lit very flatly it looks kind of cheap it's supposed to be funny, but it's not because they're just kind of rushing through it. It's like they're banging it out. Like it just felt, yeah, kind of soulless and toothless. And while I recognize intellectually what they were going for here and there, it just wasn't engaging to me. I, I felt they they botched. I like the story. I just don't like the script. I give it one bone. One bone from <laughs> LT. A generous bone considering he was pacing like a tiger. Brother Bishki. I can't believe like the a movie with satire, this lame, got pulled from distribution. I was like, this is a little too on the nose to offend anyone, I think. Um, <laughs> there it is. Yeah, like Justin said, I wish they would have picked a side. Like Lucas said, I think it makes sense that the deplorables are hunting the, the liberals in Arkansas for real. But yeah, the script, like I said, it's just... They killed off Emma Roberts that quick. I was like, I wanted to see her act. <laughs> but uh, everything's going to get an extra half bone because we're in quarantine. So There you go. Nice. Um, yeah. I'm, the Bishki bump. I, I, you get, everything gets a bump because I got to give some love for taking my mind off of, of the uh, the things we're going through right now. So I give it one and a half bone. One uh, and a half with the Bishki bump. Yeah. Wow. Impressive. Well, Lodge Mistress Millie, love and light. You know, there is some love and light for me. I I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. I mean, I I wasn't grading on a political satire curve because I didn't really know that's what this was. So <laughs> that's I, a bad sign. I I very much enjoyed the beginning when all the, the different characters were getting set up as the leads and they kept got, getting killed. I, I mean, it had my attention. I was riveted. I was into it. I uh, I enjoyed that. I also feel like seeing a female lead who's really capable and a good fighter. I don't know. There's something about it. Brings me back to She-Ra. I enjoy it. It kind of <laughs> hits my heart. She-Ra vibes. And so, and I don't feel like I get that enough. And I like enjoyed how all the gentlemen were just kind of like kowtowing to her. And she was just 
ruling the roost and killing the killing the creeps. I really enjoyed that. I actually I was dissing Swank earlier, but she did a great job. You were dissing Swank, and um, you know, I I enjoyed their chemistry, and and overall, I actually pretty much in, enjoyed this film. I finished it, and I was like, that was pretty good. It held held my attention the whole way. Through. And then I yelled at you, "Keep it muted!" <laughs> I couldn't help it. Keep I was it like, muted in this house. I didn't think it was great, but my expectations were low, low, low. But I still have to go with the old standard. Uh oh. Two and a half. Bones. Two and a half. I thought you were gonna go higher than no. that. Two and a half bones. Two and a half bones. All right. Well. They're sparkly bones. Though. They're sparkly bones. Okay. Well, I'm also going two and a half bones. My bones are a little more dull, a little more dusty. I also really liked Betty Gilpin's performance. I thought she carried the movie. Obviously, you're adrift in the movie because everybody that you think is the star gets killed. So you're like, what am I watching here? Like, what am I doing? And then when she shows up, it, you just feel a relief that it's the movie's finally settling in on a hero or heroine. But then, you know, she could still botch it. She could still drop the ball at that point, but she carries it. And I really thought that her and Swank's little tete-a-tete in the kitchen, more so the dialogue and just the way they were looking at each other before (laughs) the fight, I thought was really strong. Got to give it two and a half. I did enjoy it, though. And I am sad that it didn't get to be properly released because this this would have launched a lot of... I think it made six million on a fifteen million budget or something, but but yeah, um, it would have been fun to see it with a theater. I would have liked to see that's, the reaction. That's what I was gonna say. Like, yeah. I Tuesday would love to see discount, this on a Tuesday, discount, Tuesday night, night discount night. Yeah, because then the, I think the violence would have hit harder for me, and yeah, it, it just. Do you guys been. remember Tuesday night discount night? Do you guys yeah. think we're gonna see that the teens? again? Remember oh, the teens? Are we ever gonna? Are we ever going to get to do discount night again? Yes. Are we you ever going to have the yes. smell of popcorn? The smell guys, of popcorn. Do you honestly think the A-list is going to exist after all this? Like, and the, yeah. Are we and the still going to be on the A-list? The it's going to have to exist because they're going to need asses and seats, man. Yeah. Yes. Well, we're going to fucking be there. We're going to see all that shit. Lucas, you're not even going to be <laughs> able to complain. You're going to be seeing all that shit. You guys are going to be seeing every superhero movie they shove down our throats just to be in that theater. Yeah. No, I'll watch watch anything. I'll watch anything. (laughs) Fishy's ready. Well, we reached out virtually in the quarantine and touched each other tonight. And I'm very happy that we did that. We got hunted. We went hunting. We came back with a couple bones, some sparkly, some not so much. Love you guys. Let's keep the fires burning, and hopefully one day we'll be able to walk back up those hallowed steps of the Burbank 16 triumphantly. God willing. Yeah, I might go there tomorrow just and see what see what it looks like. Just to the, pay respect. Tumbleweed town. In the tumbleweed era. Tumbleweed <laughs> town. We'll send some pictures. Please. J- Justin, thank you for uh, being on tonight. Hey, no problem. And uh, you guys stay safe out there. Love and light. And stay healthy. And health. Stay Stay socially distant. Act like you got it. Don't spread it. Love (laughs) and light. If I can make a living from walking in the woods, you can bet I'd be sitting pretty good high on a hill looking at a field downwind. If I can make a nickel off of turning in bass, Never worry about the price of gas I've been wheeling and dealing And sitting there reeling them in 
hunting, fishing, loving every day. That's the prayer that a country boy prays. Thank God he made me this way. Hunting and fishing and loving every day. Early in the morning, late in the evening, I'm getting red dirt rich and flit river paint. Hunting, fishing, loving every day. Y'all close them eyes. Let's go there in our mind. Hunting, fishing, and loving every day. That's the prayer this country boy prays. Thank God he made me this way. Hunting, fishing, and loving every day. Black coffee in the morning, dark whiskey in the evening. I get red dirt rich and flare ever paid. Hunting, fishing, and loving every day. Cleanliness is next to godliness and lodgliness.